ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಧರ್ಮಸ್ವಿಣೆ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯಸುದೇವಸುತಂಗಸಚಾನೂರಮರ್ದನ ಸ್ಟಡಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಸೊ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಆಲ್ರೆಡಿ ಇನ್ ದ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಸೊ ದ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಡೀಲ್ಸ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಐಡಿಯಾ ದಟ್ ದ ಕರ್ಮಯೋಗಿ ಈಸ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಡಿಟ್ಯಾಚ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹೆನ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಈವನ್ ವೈಲ್ ಈಸ್ ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ದ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ ವಿಚ್ ಬೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಅಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಅವರ್ ಅಟ್ಯಾಚ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಟುವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ದ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ ದಟ್ ಬೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಅಸ್ ಸೊ ಇಫ್ ವಿ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂ ವಿತ್ ದ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ as in the words of swami vivekananda seeking not avoiding not neither we avoid and resort to our comfort zone whatever is our responsibilities we resort to that we go on continuing with that we don't avoid them and at the same time we are not seeking the results of those actions the idea which we again and again has been uh, described in the bhagavad gita that will be continued from the 7th to the 13th verse of this fifth chapter of bhagavad gita the idea is the one who is a nitya sanyasi who is a nitya sanyasi that generally we make our spirituality a part time affair that i think that worshiping the divine in a particular way i offer incense i offer flowers i sit down for meditation that's my spirituality and apart from that whatever i do pertains to my secular world we as if create a watertight compartment between our spiritual life and our secular life but in the words of swami vivekananda there is nothing called secular everything is spiritual if god has become the entire universe our dealings is always with the divine whether we know it or not we are dealing with the divine in the words of swami vivekananda i worship that god whom the ignorant calls man it is the ignorant because of our ignorance we see the person as a b c d as individuals but it is the same divine who is percolating the entire universe who is the essence of each and every being if i know that if i am aware of that and i'm dealing with the world with all beings with that awareness in my mind everything becomes dealing with the divine and it becomes something which is as equivalent as worship as sri ramakrishna used to say that just see the paradox we can see the divine in a stone image and we cannot see the divine in the living beings in the stone image we have to do prana pratishta that 
we have to think that it has been enlivened by the life by the inmost the god who is residing in the inner core of my being it is being transmuted in that image that's how the prana pratishtha is done and now it has become something living i cannot worship who is in the innermost core of my heart it is my limitation so i bring him out and as if established in the divine invoke the divine in it and i see the divine in it and i start worshiping it and a living being for whom prana pratishtha is not required he is an in living being conscious being moving around the paradox is i cannot see the divine there so sri ramakrishna is saying that that pratimaya tar pujo hoy jiyanto manushe tar pujo hoy na but can he not be worshiped in the living being so in all our dealings can become spiritual if it's just we change the awareness so that's changing of the awareness speaks of spirituality not spirituality not the mode of our actions what i am doing that doesn't enter the same worshipful attitude which i have in the shrine if i can continue with it even in our day to day activity the way when i'm dealing with other persons the same worshipful attitude can be maintained and if we succeed in doing that then that becomes our spiritual worship it no more become remains anything secular so now let's continue we have after this short discussion short introduction now let us continue with the verses of the shrimad bhagavad gita the seventh verse what it is saying yoga yukta vishuddhatma vijitatma jitendriya sarva bhutatma bhutatma kurvannapi na lipyate yoga yukta the one who is always in union with the divine yoga yoga means to be in union to be in communion what actually means what actually it means to be in communion with the divine that if we really try to have a look within ourselves that we have so many good feelings if i see someone is in need of help empathy wells out from me the mother feels love for the child the love wells from the mother's heart from the father's heart the mistake we do the mother thinks the father thinks we think when we feel that empathetic <clears throat> attitude towards other we feel it is i who am a very nice person who have lot of love compassion in my heart and it is me who is loving the other person we forget that our genes are altruistic we have been built in such a way that the love is something which is within us it is actually just the opposite it is not that we develop love love is already within us it is because of our ego the more the when we grow when we start growing the more our individuality becomes stratified becomes something concentrated becomes something saturated the more i think i am this person this individuality that speaks of the ego the more we will find that our natural empathy is something which is dwindling sri ramakrishna is to give an nice example that the entire existence is like an ocean undivided ocean undivided ocean of consciousness 
And in the ocean, if you immerse the pot, some of the ocean water will enter into the pot because of the boundary of the pot, because of the wall of the pot, the water outside in the ocean gets as if demarcated with the water which is inside the pot, though it is the same water. And the waves outside no more disturbs the water within. So Sri Ramakrishna is saying that our ego is like that pot. Our sense of individuality is that like little water which has entered, the same consciousness which has entered into my being, as a, which makes me feel my individuality. And it has become so stratified. The external happenings in no way creates turmoil within me. As a sense of duty, I may show sympathy, but I don't feel that love sometimes. And it happens when our ego gets stratified. It can be easily visible in a child. A small child, you have, don't have to teach them. They just behave that way. You'll find that when they're playing together, a group of children playing together, one falls, starts crying, gets, some, gets injured and starts crying. There's a tendency that all the children will feel morose. They suddenly get very quiet and they even start crying. Why? This natural empathy is within our heart. We relate to the world through that empathy as long as our ego is not stratified. For a child, its consciousness is diffused. You'll find it is going and standing near a wall and talking. For him, everything is living. Sometimes we say, what the child is doing? Just talking to a wall. That's how the child, it's diffused consciousness. It doesn't have a boundary of me and the outside world. To a certain extent, everything is diffused. And that's how it relates more and more to the other beings. So this, this, there's a non-local consciousness of which we all form a part. It is the ego which barricades us. The more we relate with love and empathy, that barrier starts falling off. So it is our ego which goes on as if distinguishing us from the external world. But that empathy is something which is already within us. We have been built in that way. So that's the thing which we are saying, that the if <coughs> behind the creation, there is a creator. A few days back, I visited a house and the parents told the small girl has some question. There's a, a small girl. Oh yeah, what's the question? Very interesting question. Who made God? Because whatever we see has been made, has been created. Who made God? So just this was genuine. Because when children ask, they ask from their heart. It's not something they have heard from someone, someone else. That who made God? So the question itself was very interesting. So we have to be told that God is the one who is always there. He has made everything. No one has made him. He is there as the eternal being. So behind this creation, we have an idea that there is a creator. If he has created everything, then the love in my heart, which is inborn, the sympathy, the all the good feelings that are within my heart, which when I'm born, it is there. Previously, we saw that when uh, the, gen the genetic uh, science was developing, the idea was that genes are selfish. There's this famous book, The Selfish Genes. 
But the ideas go in science itself, it goes on changing. And now in science itself, they have started saying that the genes are altruistic. In the entire theory of evolution, the competition, the idea of that survival of the fittest because of competition, that has changed, transformed. Many words have come into existence like synergy, synergistic. If you go to the coral reef, you will see that for millions of years, the most vulnerable creatures are existing. They are not supposed to exist because they form that coral and living in that harsh environment because of synergy. They all cooperate. My limitation is overcome by your strong points. My <clears throat> and your limitation is overcome by your strong, my strong points. So it's a win-win situation. We both win when we come together. One plus one is two in mathematics. But in the biological world, in the living world, one plus one is never two. It is four, five, more. When we come together, we all outgrow our limitations and we can perform in a better, much better way, which is far, far greater than the mathematical submission. It's not just the mathematical submission. Everywhere we will find when we come together, we can do something wonder, we can great. And this all is implanted in our heart. We have studied in the second chapter in the Bhagavad Gita, what Bhagavan is saying, Saha Yajna Prajasrishtva. When I created this world, I created along with Yajna. And now if you limit the word of Yajna as a fire sacrifice, it means nothing. Did God created the world with the fire sacrifice? What it means? It's nonsense. Yajna means interdependence. If in the fire sacrifice, what's the idea? That I offer something to the divine in the form of fire. That oblations is carried to the divine. In return, he gives me something. He gives me ren, he gives me long life, whatever it may be. So it's a question of give and giving and receiving. So this giving and receiving, that's the idea from that specific fire sacrifice. You take the idea of giving and receiving, the idea of interdependence, and then you see the entire universe is actually built on that. So that's the idea of yajna. It's the idea, this yajna is synergy. So when God created this universe, he created with that idea of synergy. It is there within my heart. If that's the truth, then why is the question of me being the doer? I love, I social empathy. It's not that. It is the God. It is, it is his creation. I am just a mere instrument in his hand. A puppet show is going on. The strings are in the hand of someone else. It is working through me. If that's the truth, why is the question of thinking of getting the returns from that work? The one who is the owner, it is his. So I offer all my, I do to my best of my ability, whatever skills has given, the Lord has given me, I use them and perform to the best of my ability and there it rests. The results are his. So yoga yukta, the when you are yoga yukta, and that means you are always in union with the divine. Always you are having that awareness that it is the Lord who is working through me. And then you naturally become Vishuddhatma. The core of sin, that opposite of Vishuddha, purity is sin. And what is the core of sin? The core of sin is I. S-I-N. 
literally the core of sin is I. Between S and N, the alphabet I is there. Literally it is true and spiritually also it is true. The more the I is stratified, the more you are sinful. All the sin comes from this I. I want this, I want that. And this want, when it becomes overwhelming, it becomes overwhelming, it doesn't follow the do's and don'ts of the society and that becomes crime. All the crimes, all the sin is because of that I. The more we can dissolve that I in that non-local consciousness and start relating with all as if my interaction with the divine, the more I become pure. So the more you are Yoga Yukta, the more you are Vishuddha. So this, the one who is Vishuddhatma, is pure in mind, one who is Yoga Yukta. So then what happens? Naturally his body now becomes under control, that Vijitatma, the word Atma in Bhagavad Gita, in our scripture, has been used in various senses. Sometimes the Atma means the body, sometimes the Atma means the mind, and sometimes Atma of course means the essence of your being, the soul, the conscious principle. So Vijita Atma, Vijita Atma, here the Atma has been used in the word of the body, who has controlled his own body. How? By becoming Jitendriya. Jitendriya. He has developed the control over his senses. The more you think of others, the more you develop control over your senses. Just see, when I, when we are a small, just like a student, he has some few pennies in his or her pocket. The father has given the pocket money, the mother has given the pocket money, while returning from school, passing through the, by the McDonald's, just feels like having something, goes, buys and grabs. Never thinks of anything. Have you said, you'll find the children are yet to develop sometimes that attitude of sharing. And now when he grows, he has become a family man. He is now the father. He also feels like going and having something. But what will happen? The moment he goes to buy something, the thought of his family will come first. His children will come first. So the same that desire to have something is there. But now what happens? He will buy, he will go to his home, he delays his gratification, he will share it with all, give it to all, and along with them he also will have it. So the share and care comes the more when you think of others. That love develops the more you think of others. And that helps you to delay your gratification. And that speaks of Jitendriya. You become more and more self-controlled. The more you become pure, you become Vijitatma, <clears throat> you become Jitendriya. Sarva Bhutatma. Now that the reason in the second line is given. Sarva Bhutatma. Bhutatma. You see yourself in everyone. You see the self within you, the self within all, and naturally you see yourself in everything. So when I or the ego dissolves, one becomes one with the entire existence. So just now we get give that example of the breaking of the pot. The pot, the ego, which is the pot, if it breaks, then what happens? The water within now again becomes one with the water outside. You know, even in the animal world, sometimes we think they are not spiritual. Unknowingly, they are also spiritual. Have you seen the birds flying in the sky with a formation? 
So, no one is there to lead them. You know, very interesting. When they turn, they all turn together. They will take a turn together. There's a very nice, uh, in the last, in the in, in 1900s, in 1990s, some research was going on, very interesting. That how they do that. If we can know the phenomenon by which this is happening, the procedure by which it is happening, uh, we can do a lot of uh, <clears throat> innovative discoveries, inventions, by which we can improve our traffic system. In the traffic, if we have that intelligence to know that the, the next vehicle, whether suddenly it is going to take left or right beforehand, so now that there are sensors and all the things they are thinking of, then I can avoid accidents. So they thought if we know the technique by which they are doing, it will help us to develop our advanced technology. But at last what they told is something very interesting. That somehow the birds, there is no one who is the commander there saying left turn or right turn. All are turning in unison. Even within the ocean, you will find that there's a, a bunch, there's, a, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a small fishes, all are swimming together. Even in the aquarium you will find, suddenly they turn once at a time. That's, but who is the commander? Who is commanding that? How come they all turn together? And what, uh, even in our research that has been mentioned, that somehow they are relating to some form of non-local consciousness, which makes them to work in unison. So you will find this wonderful thing, that sometimes we find the echo of the spirituality even in the scientific research that they are somehow relating to some non-local consciousness, non-local awareness, which enables them to work in unison. Unknowingly, they are also spiritual. So that's the thing, which is the, the more our ego falls off, ego barrier falls off, the more we all relate to that non-dual consciousness, we all relate somehow to it, and more and more we work in unison. So that's the thing, has been an example, has been the Sarva Bhutatma Bhutatma. In the, in the words, this Sarva Bhutatma Bhutatma reminds me of Holy Mother's words. Holy Mother in a simple way used to say a very interesting thing. That when will you know that you have acquired that final wisdom, the spiritual wisdom. In Bengali he is saying, she is saying, very interesting. Jokhon degbe tomar majhe jini, amar majhe otini, Dule Bhakti means the, low, the lowest of the lowly. When you see the one who resides in me, the same one resides in you. Not only that, he resides in everyone and even the lowest of the lowly know that you are established in that wisdom. And that's what is meant by the word Sarva Bhutatma Bhutatma. So, so that's the thing. So when you do that, then the empathy something becomes unbound. When Swami Vivekananda was traveling before going to the West, he was traveling alone. He told the other brother disciples that sometimes staying together doesn't allow us to really dive deep within. It itself becomes a distraction. So why not? Just we move around all alone. Let us not try to meet each other. And that's the time when they were all scattered. They were all moving alone as Paribrajakas. 
And but accidentally it happened that Swami Vivekananda met Hari Maharaj, Swami Turiyananda, another direct disciple of Sri Ramakrishna. So they were all scattered. They were all moving hither and thither, going to various holy places. And accidentally they met each other. After a long time, after quite a couple of months, they suddenly met. So they were happy. Suddenly they met. And now they wanted to know that how far they are progressing in spiritual life. So Hari Maharaj Swami Tuyananda asked Swamiji, that do you think that, that we are all now, as Parivraja moving around, have you progressed spiritually in these few months? Swami Vivekananda's reply was wonderful. He told Hari Bhai, he used to call him as Hari Bhai, Turiyananda. I understand nothing of your so-called conventional spirituality. I don't understand nothing. But one thing I realize, that my heart has enlarged. It really fills. It is this feeling which actually impelled him to go to the West. It is this feeling, tremendous feeling for his countrymen, for whomever he was seeing in abject poverty, dejection. So he wanted that, that the initial, his initial motivation for going to the West was that I go there and bring material prosperity to my country. That's the thing they need. And our spirituality, we give it to the West. That's the thing they need. That's the idea with which actually first impelled him to go to the West. The tremendous love, why we are just saying it, that tremendous love he was feeling, the tremendous sympathy, empathy which was flowing, that made him to go to the West. In those days, he's the first preacher, the Hindu preacher to go to the West. The idea, the, the taboo was there, that we shouldn't cross the ocean. What impelled him to break the norms, go, is a tremendous love. So that's the idea. So Sarva Bhuta, when you see the God in each and every being, it's bound to find expression as a tremendous love. And that's the thing which we find in the lives of the great men. They go into deep samadhi and come down with all this unbound love for the entire humanity. So that's we find ex expression in this word, Sarva Bhutatma Bhutatma. And then, Kurvannapi Nalipyate. Though you are acting, you are no in no way get tainted by the actions. In the gospel you will find in one place, Sri Ramakrishna one in one is asking, what's the difference between Daya and Maya? In Bengali, the Daya and Maya. And then he himself is rest, rest, giving the reply. Maya is just love for your own kith and kin. And Daya is love for all, unbound love. So the moment you see the God in each and every being, the divine in each and every being, then you are no more bound by Maya, me and mine, Ahamta and Mamata. No, you have broken that barrier. Now the, all the actions you continue, now it becomes a communion with the divine. So its attitude has changed, its awareness has changed. So the same work now has lost the capacity to bind you. So you can go on doing your actions, but it in no way will bind you because the awareness behind the work has totally changed. So that's the idea which has been spoken of in this seventh sloka. Now let go to the now specifically how this man behaves, what is his feeling that has been indicated in the eighth and in the ninth verses. What it is saying, 
we will take these verses together, the 8th and the 9th, because the ideas are continuing from the 8th to the 9th. Naiva kinchit karometi yukto manyeta tattvavit na eva kinchit karometi. I am doing nothing. Who thinks like that? Yukto, the one who is always in communion with the divine. Yukta, or in unison. Manyeta tattvavit, the one who is who has known the tattva, the ultimate reality, is not just a mere belief. Tattvavit is the knower. He is the knower. He has realized the absolute truth in his life. So he knows what? That I am doing nothing. Naiva kinchit karomiti yukto manyeta tattvavit. When he thinks that he is doing nothing, when he is seeing, hearing, all those things will be mentioned. Pashyan, Srinvan, Sprishan, Jigran, Ashnan, Gachan, Swapan, Shashan. So what are all those things? Pashyan, seeing, Srinvan, hearing. Then this Sprishan means touching. Jigran, smelling. Ashnan, and then this, what you say, this uh, hearing, touching, smelling, eating. Uh, uh, Ashnan is eating, Gachan, going, Swapan, sleeping, Swashan is breathing, and then it continues to the ninth slope, Pralapan, speaking, Visrijan, all sorts of excretions, means all the bodily activities, and then Pralapan, uh, Visrijan, and Grinhan, grasping, holding something, and then comes unmishan nimishanapi. That your eye, this constantly the eyes, the you know, eyelids are opening and closing. The opening and the closing of the eyelids, the winking of the eyelids, whatever is going on, he knows to the uh, with his conviction, with dhriranishchaya, that what? That it is not me who are doing that. That's believing that the senses, why he knows that? The senses rest in the senses. Indriyan, Indriyartheshu, Vartanta, Itidharaya. The, the sense organs are interacting with the sense objects. It is not me. It is the working of the nature that's going on. It's not me. The nature is working through me. So he, so such a person, so he may have not renounced any action but still know it for certain that he is not acting. So he may be said to have renounced action or he sees no action is performed by him. So that's the idea. Naiva kinchit karomiti yukta manyeta tattvavit pashyan srenvan sprishan jikran ashnan gachan swapan sashan pralapan visrijan grinhan unmishan nimishanapi indriyan indriyartheshu vartanta itidharan. So even performing all these actions, the knower of Brahman, the one who is established in Brahman, is free from the idea of agency. So whatever is going on, these bodily activities, he knows. Just to give an idea, in your computer, the hard disk by itself is inert. It looks like an inert object. If the entire civilization is lost, is destroyed and again the man becomes primitive and 
he just digs the soil and finds some hardware there. What will he think? It is a lifeless thing. He has no, he has no idea that if some bias voltage passes through it, and then it can become enlivened. A entire world of virtual reality can just pop out from it. He has no idea. So similarly, it is the Atman, the conscious principle, which when comes in association with the body-mind complex, the body-mind complex is inert. It's just like a dead matter. The mind which appears to be lively is dead till that consciousness comes in association with it. The moment it comes in association with it, it becomes enlivened. Now, that conscious principle has nothing to do with the workings. The moment it gets enlivened, it starts working with all its intricacies. It starts working. So it is working just in being by being in association with that. But it itself is not working. Sri Ramakrishna used to give a very nice example that in the olden days we would find that the the lady of the house is very active. She is doing all the work. So most probably there is some uh, wedding, some marriage ceremony is going on in a house and the mother of the house is very busy. The lady of the house is very busy arranging the things. And the man, what he is doing? Sri Ramakrishna has his own funny way of giving example. That he is simply relaxing and most probably having a hubble bubble. And the lady with all the keys tied to her, to the sari, She's running hither and thither and now and then with sweating she will come and she will just report. No, this, has, this work has been completed, that has to be done. He will report to the man and the man just having relaxing, having the hubble bubble just gives a nod. Okay, everything is okay. So Sri Ramakrishna is saying the conscious principle is like that man, just gives a nod. And every all the activities is Prakriti is doing. So that's the way this Prakriti is doing its own work. Just by being in association with the Purusha, that's much she is doing. So that's why Prakriti is the one. So here also that idea. It is the Guna Guneshu Vartanta. The nature is working. It cannot work without its association with the conscious principle. It needs its association, but the moment it gets associated, something inert becomes active, and all the activities it's nothing belongs to the conscious principle. So the one who is established in the self is aware of this fact. So knowing that, he never identifies himself or herself with the activities which is going on in the body-mind complex. He is just the witness. He knows it is working by its own. as the working of the intricacies of the nature. So that's the idea. Indriyanin deyartheshu vartanta itidharayan. So, next sloka also will be continuing with this idea. So, first they say the tattva with what is established in the self. He is no way feeling that he is in association. He is identified with the activities. But what about us? The question comes, what about us? Who are yet to be established in that knowledge. So, for them, the way is being spoken of in the 10th verse. What it is saying? That those who are not tattva with. For them... Brahmani Adhaya Karmani Brahmani Adhaya Karmani Sangam Tyaktva Karotiya Lipyate Nasapapena Padma Patram Ivam Bhasa I'll give an example. There is an example of Padma Patram Ivam Bhasa. A lotus leaf. A lotus leaf is always in water. 
but the water never can drench it. Can water? It never gets soaked by water. You take the leaf out of the water, all the water will form like droplets and just fall off from that leaf. So though it is in the water, it can never be drenched by the water. It can never be soaked by the water. So the one who is not a tattvavit, but always trying to be aware of his real self, Brahmani Adhaya, trying to remain established in the idea that I am the self. I am not this body-mind complex. I am the self. The body-mind complex is going through all its activities as per its position in life, as per the station in life. It is going through. But in no way I am affected by it. I am the self behind that. So that is the idea of Brahmani Adhaya, the one who is always trying to remain established in the self. Though he is not Tattvavit, he has not realized, but he is trying. In Bhagavad Gita, we will find in the later chapter two words. What are this? That one is Yoga Rura, one who has ascended the Yoga, one is established. And another is this one is Yoga Rura, and another is uh, this Mumukshu, this one who is trying his constantly uh, trying to get established in that state. So these two categories are there. So this, what's the difference? The difference is nothing. The one that has, that has become spontaneous. For the one who is yoga rura, everything has become spontaneous. Spontaneously what he does, that I try to imitate in my life, that becomes my sadhana, that becomes my practice. The spontaneous life of Ramakrishna, when I try to imitate it, making that, thinking, thinking of that as the framework, that becomes spiritual practice for me. So what has been spoken of in the previous sloka is a spontaneity of a realized soul. That I am trying to inculcate in my life, practice in my life. As we find, when someone asks Swami, one of the Brahmacharis, novice asks Swami Vivekananda, after he returned from the West, he formed the Belurmat, and the very new novices were joining. So they started asking Swamiji, that why don't you prescribe certain uh, way of life for us? From the morning to the evening, the do's and don'ts. So based on which we can regulate our life. Now Swamiji was not in favor of too many rules and regulations. So what he told is something very interesting. He told, just in Bengali the line is, Ja Korat, so this degeja is the word even in Bengali now we don't use. In the olden days in Bengali they use the word degeja. What it means? You know when the children learn writing alphabets. So what the parent or the teacher they will write the alphabet. And then we will ask the child to just scribble over that. We will, help, uh, we will hold the child's hand and help him to scribble over the alphabets which we have written. So this is called Degejao, to go on scribbling over the alphabets or digits which the teacher or the parents have written. This is Degejao. So what he is saying, Ja Korat that Dhirvashi Korechi. What has to be done in this life, I have done more than that. Take <clears throat> there's these to be the writings on which you have to scribble. Don't go for too many do's and don'ts and your life will be formed. 
So this is the idea of this, the one who is now aspiring. So after speaking, <clears throat> the one who is established, hear what they're saying? They try to be always established in the self. Brahmani adhaya karmani sangam tyaktva karotiya. That now, the more you are established in the self, the more you are not identifying yourself with the body-mind complex, the more you are detached. Nothing is tainting you. So that is the idea. Lipyate nasapapena. He never gets tarnished by any type of sin. Just like a lotus leaf. Though it is always in water, it is never getting drenched in water. So lipyate nasapapena padma patram ivam bhasa. So when you go beyond the idea that aham karta, that I am the doer, then what happens? You go where that we come out of the cycle of avidya kama karma. These are the languages which Shankaracharya is using in his commentary. Avidya kama karma. Because of ignorance, when I think myself as a limited being, then all the desire comes. All the desire resulting in action. This action again resulting in desire. And this cycle goes on life after life. From where it started? From the ego. The moment the ego falls off, you know I am the self. You don't see the reflection of the self in the body-mind complex and take that to be the real. The problem with us, we are taking the reflection to be the real. Just move your awareness, turn your awareness from the reflection to the real person. As Sri Ramakrishna very nicely used to say, that a night, a night watchman, the night watchman in the pitch dark night with a torch in his hand was moving around the village and just focusing his torch to the various buildings and objects. And if some persons happen to be passing the road, he will focus his torch to him to see who he is, whether he's a villager or he's coming from outside. So now a person seeing the security, this watchman, focusing the torch on him, this man gets lighted, but he cannot see the watchman because the focus is on that person. So now this person wants to see who is holding the torch. So what he will say? Oh watchman, I cannot see you. Please turn the torch towards you. Then only you can see him. So consciousness is something which is always, being, what, why Sri Ramakrishna is saying this? To say that the watchman is the real, that our the innermost being, whose is the torch, with which he is always focusing outside. With our senses, we are seeing the, this world. The consciousness is getting focused outside through our senses, through our mind, through our thoughts. So we have to just turn within. Ask the watchman to change the direction of the torch towards him so that we can see the watchman himself, the essence of our being. So when you get established in that, when you see the essence of your being, when the consciousness is turned inwards, then, after that, the work may con can continue. It can continue, but you know it for certain. It is because of him, everything is getting lighted. The other things are not lighted as such. Why we see the moon as, why we think the moon as something which is illumining the earth on the full moon night? Because we don't see the sun. It is actually the sun which is illumining the moon, and the moon in turn is illuminating the earth. 
But as we don't see the sun, we think it is a moon which is elementary in the earth. So similarly, it is the body-mind complex which is being illumined by the mind and we think that the mind is conscious. But still behind the mind, the conscious principle is there, which is illuminating the mind. The mind in turn is again illuminating the body-mind senses. So that's why all these activities are because of the conscious self. So once I am aware of that, then all the actions can go on. Though I am trying, I am not yet established in it, but with this awareness when I try to regulate my life, that nothing of this life can tarnish me. I can remain unaffected. I can never avoid the happenings of life, but I can transcend them. That's the thing, that's the idea of Padma Patram Ivamasa. I don't run away from life. I'm still immersed in life, in all its activities, but they cannot touch me. They cannot in any way tarnish me. So this is the idea which has been spoken of. But very interesting, here we will indicate one thing, that here Bhagavan is speaking of being established in the self, and then you don't get tarnished. But we have already studied that some places he's saying that Mai Sarvani Karmani, Sanyasta, Adhyatma Chetasa, offer everything to me. And again, he's saying of that be established in the self. Is that two different practices? Two different paths? In Bhagavad Gita, actually, it is not so. Bhagavad Gita is a very interesting, it's very, uh, uh, this entire script, this book, if you study from the beginning to the last, you will find a gradual, uh, sequence of practices. It's not, they are not separate. That even in the modern science, with the help of modern science, we can understand one fact that it is not we who are the doer. Even now, in a, in a short way, we can just explain. Even in modern science, what they say that when I am doing something, I have a resolution in my mind that I am doing, I think it is I am the doer. Actually, I am not the doer. I'm not the doer. There are many experiments, interesting experiments, that one experiment I can just immediately speak of you is that the split brain experiment. That a person who has a split brain, who has, uh, because of some uh, complications, their surgery had to be done to split his the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of his brain. So, apparently he works as a normal person. There is no, as such, any complications visible in his life. But there are some experiments by which we can find out that he is a split brain. What? This is an interesting experiment. You make the person sit in such a way that his head is not moving, fixed. Now you show some display on the left side so that only with the left eye he can see. The right eye cannot see. As his head is fixed and it's kept in such an angle, even if you turn your eyes, only the left eye can see. So now in the left some display is there. What's the display? Get up and move. And it has been seen, that it, it, was, it, it has been found out that the man immediately gets up and starts moving. And now the one who is doing the experiment, he says, why, why, why you got up? Why are you moving? And the man says, he will think a little and says, oh, I am feeling a bit thirsty. There is water in the fridge. In the front where there was a fridge, I want to have some water. Now, who, the experiments have been done by a famous university uh, and uh, most probably the Stanford. And then this man has written a book in psychology. The name of the title of the book is very interesting. That why everyone else is a hypocrite. 
I am the most genuine person in the world. Everyone else is a hypocrite. Why? This man who says, I want to drink water, that's why he got up. He really believes that he got up because he wants to drink water. But this man who is conducting the experiment, he clearly sees. He has actually seen the display and has got up. What has happened? Now, as there is a split in his left and right hemisphere, and very interesting. Our brain is constructed in such a way that whatever we perceive through the left eye is registered in the right brain. There is a crisscross. Whatever you are doing with your uh, left hand is registered in the right brain. Whatever you are doing with your right hand is registered in the left brain. Now, the function of these two brains are a bit distinct. The left brain is a language brain. It interprets the thing. It's a language brain. And the, uh, the left brain. And the right brain is autobiographical. It ex actually exactly registers what's happening. And sometimes acts just as has been registered. So in short, we are saying it. Now what happened when he saw, there is a split brain, when he saw the display get up and move, it was registered in the right brain. But as there is a split, it was never transmitted to the left brain. He, he saw that display and got up and started walking. But at it was not transmitted to the left brain. Now everyone wants to show that he is not a mad person. He is not something behaving in a queer fashion. In the psychology they say he is a person who is efficient, <coughs> who is capable, who is... Ha so immediately he, this language will, will create a language, immediately. Just to show that there is a reason for getting up. So the display has not been transmitted in the left brain. The left brain immediately creates that language, it creates that language. It is the left brain is the language, but it is the propaganda machine, it permits the propaganda. Oh, I am feeling thirsty, that's why I got up. And it will make you believe. Very interesting thing, it's not only that <coughs> you understand that I have made up a story. Even you don't understand. You feel, yeah, that's the real reason. And you want to make others also believe that. So the, the, your language brains makes you believe and also tries to make others believe. And that's why you will find all the fight in the world is because of opinion. It is not because of right and wrong. Even if you think some person is on the wrong side, is uh, is doing something missed. So just see, the recent I will say, the match is going on between Sri Lanka and <coughs> Bangladesh. <coughs> so one minute. So because of some helmet problem, you know that one of the players of Sri Lanka, he had to have, after coming, he had to go for changing the helmet. The strap was broken. He couldn't realize when he was coming and it's something you have to change without which you cannot play. And now there is a rule that after one player is out, the next batsman has to come within two minutes. If the time span is more than that, that if the fielding team appeals, you can be declared out. And now there was a genuine reason why actually he never delayed uh, um, what you say that um, uh, just uh, um, abruptly didn't did uh, just delayed there was a reason the strap has broken so he had to go for changing the helmet and now this Bangladesh captain he just told that two minutes uh, has passed so he declared that he just claimed that he should be declared as out and he was declared out and now you will find there's a uh, these two teams have been asked so one, the Sri Lanka is saying that it was not correct. 
it was actually we had a genuine reason they should have the sportsman attitude and the other team is saying no we were correct is it fall within the rules and how and now we also may give our opinion and we may think that though he is saying within the rules he is actually missing the point he doesn't have the sportsman spirit but if you go and say no no it's all okay in the game you should be you should be following the norms we are doing so what is happening here you will find everywhere all the way it's not that we think he's making up a story to make a judgment but it's not the fact he thinks he's genuine all the fanaticism is because of that a fanatic never thinks he's some doing something wrong he thinks he's right all that this terrorist act they think they're right they never think they're wrong this Palestine and Gaza both the side thinks they're wrong or right it's never the fight between the right and the wrong it's only the fight of opinion and why it is happening the propaganda brain it is constantly making you feeling making trying to make others believe true as well as yourself who is the doer not you who is the doer them in the modern science they say very interesting our brain is not one mind there are innumerable mental modules each have fixed stimuli response conditioning how these mental modules have grown now in the process of evolution when i see something favorable for me i get drawn towards it whenever i find something is not favorable towards me i run away from it all these stimuli response conditioning are fixed and they create mental modules innumerable such modules are there in our mind at a time only one gets activated which one gets activated not what i decide no i don't decide the external circumstances that decides what will get activated to give an example you yourself will find when you are in a office you are a different person you're at home you are a different person you are with your friends you are a different person what happens as per the environment a particular module gets activated and you are bound to behave with that with that the response in that module you're bound to behave but at the same time you believe i am taking the decision this is how the mind is playing full with us so what is happening it is the mental modules with the fixed stimuli response conditionings they are getting activated as per the environment guna guneshu vartanta and that's how we are acting but somehow the mind is constantly fooling us it is you who are deciding it is it has itself decided but somehow it makes you feel it is you who have decided i am working just as per your decision it is a very wonderful uh, way of fooling us the nature is constantly fooling us that way but it actually we will find the prakriti is working as per its own nature it's not me i am just separate from it so this is the idea which we find even if you study the bhagavad gita constantly this guna gunesh this word itself is wonderful guna gunesh vartanta this constantly the gunas are interacting with the gunas indriya indriyartheshu the sense objects are, are interacting with the senses and it's taking its decision the same idea which is been spoken of in the modern psychology indriya indriyartheshu guna guneshu the same idea is the interaction there i am the self separate from that but again at some places he is saying my it is me how to relate these two ideas <coughs> with a hint to this this will help these are the clues which will help to understand the entire bhagavad gita sometimes bhagavad gita though we find slok by slok is very interesting but overall to get an idea it becomes very confusing <coughs> so what's the idea 
So if you have the idea that the mind which is working with the mental module at last it you end up with the idea, I am just like a robot. I am just a robot. And there somehow the idea that, that, that I am a spiritual being doesn't come. It helps to understand that the body-mind work is working by itself. But overall, in Bhagavad Gita they say that I am the Purushottama. It is I, that I am not only the conscious principle, even the thing which you see as unconscious, that also is me. I have become the lower Prakriti as well as the higher Prakriti. This will come in the later chapter. That I am the conscious principle. Again, I am the things which appears as Jada inert. It is me who is appearing in one way as conscious principle and who is appearing as inert. The thing which you think a consciousness is actually is a part of me. The thing which you think is inert, that is also a part of me. Overall, I am the one who is playing. Just think in the computer. Uh, some computer game, a small child, a small girl is playing the computer game. So <clears throat> what's the thing that he is or she is the one who is operating the entire show there. The bias voltage which has activated the computer as well as all the languages which are, has been uh, all the software which has been uh, uh, uploaded in your computer, everything is there. He or she is manipulating both the things, isn't it? The, the one who is operating, uh, uh, the one, uh, someone has to be as an operator behind both. The, con the consciousness as well as the thing inert. Someone, even a potter, and is making the pot. That something inert is there, and his own conscious principle is there. These two are interacting to make the pot possible. So, whenever there is a building, there is a blueprint. Then what's there's some intelligence. A blueprint is there, and also the materials are there. So, both the things behind that, someone has to be as a coordinator. So here's the in Bhagavad Gita, the idea of Purushottama comes, the 15th chapter. Purusha Uttama. The one, the conscious principle within me is the Purusha. The all the things which you see in the world is a lower prakriti. Behind that is the Uttama Purusha. There is the one who is the Paramatma, the Supreme who is ruling both. Everything has evolved from him. He is the one who is the operator. So when you have that idea, then you know that the puppet show is not going by itself. There is someone who is pulling the strings, who is pulling the strings. So first, to cleanse yourself, get established in the self. And do know for that certain, the self's interaction with the body-mind complex is not going on by itself. There is someone who is behind there as the operator as the one who is running the entire show. So then once you cleanse yourself, now the devotion comes into picture. Relate to the one who is operating the show. So that's why Mai Sarvani Karmani, that after uh, getting cleansing yourself by thinking yourself the self, then again offer everything to me. So this is the idea even in this uh, Aurobindo's Gita is something uh, very, very authentic we find. There he gives this interpretation that then you can link the, all the ideas in the Bhagavad Gita. Even in the Bible, there is a very nice sentence. Worship the self by the self. That uh, worship the spirit by the spirit. What's the idea? That when we are worshipping, what's the idea? You'll find our worship is limited to this life. Oh, I want a good job. I want good salary. I want good position. 
everything as if I am this body-mind complex and I am worshipping to a, to a being who is higher than me but he is also a physical being. Most of us have that very in the very basic form of religion. That I am also a person, he is also a person. Maybe he is more powerful than me but he is also a person. But then when I start relating to the idea that I am the self or God is the eternal being then also at the beginning the idea is God is the eternal being but he has to help me out with this life. Our spirituality ends with this life. But when you say I worship the spirit by the spirit, what is the idea? That this life, life is a passing phase. I am eternal. The Lord is also eternal. Our communion with each other is eternal. So this idea that takes you to the real spirituality. Then what happens? Then you can transcend the sufferings of life. The life goes on as it is. I don't run away from it. But I know always that it is just a passing phase. It is not the entire of my existence. It will pass off. Nothing can kill me. Nothing can destroy me. Nothing can in any way annihilate me. I am always there. All these things which clings to me is just a passing phase. So nothing can really affect me. I am always in communion with the divine. So after realizing that you are the self, that way you cleanse yourself by not getting tarnished by the work. And then you come with the real communion. The spirit is now communing with the spirit, the eternal spirit. And there the, comes the culmination of your spiritual practice. So that's the thing which Bhagavad Gita you will find. Then you can link up both the ideas, the jnana as well as the bhakti. Otherwise, Bhagavad Gita becomes a house bundle, a bundle of confusing ideas. Some will say, no, it speaks of only devotion. Some will say it speaks only of knowledge. No, it's actually through knowledge gradually going to that devotion. So that's the idea we will come as we proceed to the, the uh, succeeding slokas. We will take up the, uh, uh, the succeeding slokas again in the next class. So with this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskar.